This is the Bullpen Brothers. It's the Bullpen Brothers, Randy Heights, and our friend Dave Meyer setting in here as we get ready to sit down with Oklahoma outfielder, Red Shirt Jr., Sebastian or Junior. Sebastian, thanks for taking some time out of your day before practice, man. No, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Really excited to hop on this podcast with you guys. Hey, Sebastian, and before we look ahead to this year, because I know it's going to be an exciting season for you guys, take us back in time a little bit to last year and kind of what you guys went through in the early season and then kind of what triggered that run in the postseason to the College World Series final. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, obviously, to start the season, um, you know, we, we were very overlooked. Um, we all knew we, ha- we had the capabilities. We all knew we had the depth. Um, we just weren't coming together um, at that start of the season. But um, as we progressed towards the middle of the season and towards the end of the season, obviously, um, there was a big change and a big a big thing that played that played in that was just uh, everybody coming together, um, everybody knowing their role, uh, everybody just just pretty much buying in, and um, that was the biggest the biggest impact um, of that season basically. And I just that that's really what played that part in uh, in that run towards uh, towards Omaha for sure. Hey, Sebastian, last year you come into a team with a bunch of veterans around you. you, know, you fast forward to this year, now you're the returning vet with Omaha experience. Can you just kind of talk about personally the difference of where you're at now opposed to a year ago? Yeah, um, I mean, having that experience under my belt, uh, it helps a lot. Um, you know, we got a lot of new guys, a lot of young guys coming in, and I feel like having that experience allows me to play that leadership role and uh, help these guys kind of buy into the mindset that we're, we're looking for looking for here at uh at Oklahoma and I mean um I think what people don't understand is that we have a lot of core guys from last year that that have that experience and knows what it takes and um pretty much trying to take those guys under our wings and uh kind of kind of follow into into what we what we expect here and um make that run back to Omaha for sure it really feels like a different vibe around this team even though there's a lot of newcomers it seems like you guys have a quiet confidence as you enter 2023. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Um, that that that's definitely something we have. Uh, we have all the confidence in the world as we should. I mean, like I said, we we continue to get overlooked. You know, pretty much disrespected. But um, at the end of the day, we have to control what we can control, and uh, yeah, and just stay confident because that's pretty much the only thing we can control. And these guys, all our guys, we've come together and we've pretty much become one unit. And uh. When that, when that happens, it's going to become pretty dangerous for sure. Hey, Sebastian, a lot has been made about Coach Reggie Willits and the impact he had on the, the team last season. Can you kind of talk about what it's like to work with Coach Willits day in, day out, and, and what he brings to the program? Oh, yeah, he, uh, he brings energy to the team for sure. You know, it's, ne- it's never a dull moment with him. Um, he's always going to make sure that uh, you're on top of your game, he, and he wants to just bring out the best in everybody. That, that, that's his main goal is bring out the best in everybody maximize all of our potential and um when you have a coach that that really that really preaches that it's 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 easy to it's easy to work and uh really want to be better because of coaches like that and um you know we have that mantra chaos and that all stands from uh, from what he preaches and uh just makes us want to be better and uh just really get after it for sure you know speaking of reggie and the chaos motto you guys have how big of a change has it been to at least have the entire year and off season to work with Coach Willits in this mantra of chaos, as opposed to last year? You guys go through fall ball, 
Reggie wasn't really a part of the program at that point in time. And you had to almost learn on the fly last year. That made it easier not only for you, but for you veterans as well, helping these young guys learn the system, going through it all season long. Uh, definitely. Yeah, um, you know, he came in, coming in the late fall, we were still trying to learn new things from him. So that's, that's I feel like, a big reason why we kind of had a little bit of a slower start because, you know, we were trying to we were trying to process everything. Um, but, yeah, now having that, that full year with him and um, really going into depth of, of all the detail, I feel like that's, that's helped so much and it's, it's allowed us to understand more of the, more of the process and uh, kind of preach that to the, to the new guys and the younger guys. So definitely it's going gonna, it's gonna to be more chaotic than before for sure. Hey, Sebastian, last year uh, I kind of started calling you Mr. Clutch. I, I thought you had some outstanding plate appearances. What, what's one part of your game that you're really trying to work on to, to kind of find polish this year? Uh, yeah, I appreciate that, by the way. But um, yeah, just just trying to just trying to stay relaxed, really, and uh, and be confident. Um, just trying to stay consistent, pretty much, is what what I've been trying to work on. You know, um, whatever role they have me in, you know, um, whether that be off the bench, DH, outfield, whatever it may be, uh, just kind of maximizing that role and uh, and being the best I can be that day. Um, that's pretty much what I've been uh, expected of and what I'm trying to do my best of for sure. You know, Sebastian, we talk about a lot of newcomers coming in, yourself, one of the veterans and everything like that. What's one of those guys out there for the for the fan of Oklahoma baseball that's used to seeing yourself, Pettis, Spikerman, all those guys on a daily basis from last year? But who are one of the guys out there that the fan base should keep an eye on that's caught your eye in practice through the fall and early here in the spring? Oh, I mean, I mean, there's, there's a lot. I'm not going to lie. I mean – all the new guys we brought in, I, I I can't I have nothing but good things to say about them. But definitely, uh, our our boy Bar- Bryce Madrin, man, he he's he's something special, man, and uh, he's definitely gonna tear it up this year. And I think all the fans should definitely uh take notice of his name and his game, and uh definitely definitely keep an eye on him. Hey Bryce, what what's a game or a series? I know we don't look too far ahead, but. Non-conference is big. Is is there anything that's sticking out in your mind that that's kind of that series you're looking forward to playing in? Whether it's the Stanford series, you coming from out west, or you know one of the Big Twelve series. What's kind of something you're looking forward to this year? Uh, definitely, definitely Bedlam uh, here at home. I think that that's going to be a big one. Uh, you know, I got to experience Bedlam last year uh, at their place. You know, uh, got a little rowdy, definitely. Um, but I'm excited to experience that here and. Uh, have all the OU fans here cheering us on and uh, take that series for sure. You mentioned the fans. I want to ask one question because I know the the athletic department's done some great things this year trying to get the fans back involved. 83% renewal of season tickets, and as of like three weeks ago, 600 new season tickets. How important it is for you guys as a team to have that crowd behind you, the, the stands full and rowdy because you mentioned Bedlam. I was there, and, and and it was insane in Stillwater. How big is home field advantage, especially in college baseball? Oh, it, it, it's it's huge. Um, it's huge. I mean, we we feed off the energy. You know, having people behind you and uh, just rooting you on it, it gives you it gives you a different type of feeling. Honestly, um, you know, you got you got people that have your back. You know, and just it just it puts the other team at an unfair advantage because you know you got you got the people talking in the stands you know being being rowdy sebastian thank you so much for your time i know you got to get ready to get to practice you got a big series this weekend 
Anything we can, should expect out of Cal Baptist that you guys are prepping for? What What's something that the fans should know going out to the game as far as going up against Cal Baptist? I mean, I, on our schedule, I mean, there's no there's no easy teams we play. So, obviously, you know, this is going to be a good uh, first contender. Um, you know, we, we shouldn't take any contender lightly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we just got to be ready and uh, just get after it this weekend. Hey, uh, Sebastian, I want to thank you for your time. Good luck this weekend, and hopefully we'll talk to you on down the road. Of course. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Sebastian. Appreciate it. And that's Sebastian Orduno, Oklahoma outfielder. He's a young man that, you know, is really pivotal in this lineup for him this year and more maybe not as an everyday starter, Dave, but more as that utility guy, the guy that can play two of the outfield positions, DH, and Heck, who knows where else they can find him, but he's the type of leader that is really going to be the difference in this team making another run towards Omaha or maybe just being a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team. Absolutely, and after listening to him, uh, he understands he's got a core role with this team coming off last year. Uh, Helping out the new guys, that's going to be pivotal. Uh, It sounds like they're ready to go tomorrow. I can't wait to watch them. Season opener in Norman tomorrow, 3 o'clock, Eldale Mitchell Park. Everybody get out and support the team. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Dave, thanks for coming in. Now joining me is Reeves Mitchell, my normal co-host. Thanks to Dave for joining us on the Sebastian Orduño interview from the University of Oklahoma. We're going to switch gears in the state of Oklahoma. And joining us now, Matt Davis, the chief from Oklahoma State. Matt, I want to thank you for taking some time out and joining us today because it's that exciting time of year. It's like Christmas morning for me. College baseball season is here, man. Oh, uh, absolutely. It's it's Christmas uh Christmas Eve for all of us, uh, Randy. We all that, that, that love college baseball and can't wait to get this this grind started. No doubt, man. Hey, and when you look at Oklahoma State this year, they're coming out with a lot of expectations, and it's one of those interesting years, I think, for the Cowboys because it's expectations. They got a lot of great talent coming in, but a lot of them are newcomers, so it's kind of that pressure, but with also the unknown with some of these guys. Yeah, for sure, and 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 I think the uh, as far as position player goes, uh, wise the, the Cowboys. I mean, there's there's some veterans out there with uh, you know Ian Doherty and Chase Atkinson behind the plate, and then you get Dave Mendham back at first, and Rock Riggio back at second, and Marcus back at at short, and you have a newcomer at third base probably, and and Tyler Wolford to start, and and uh, Nolan McLean will probably shift from third base to right field, and also pitch as well, and. Zach Earhart will move from right field to center field. So position player-wise, pretty, pretty veteran group. And then a true freshman in left field, excuse me, Nolan Schubert as well. But on the mound, absolutely. And, of course, we're not the only team that can say that. This, this is uh, one of the few years I can remember the Big 12 being so uh, so much turnover in the starting rotation. It just shows you how strong this league has been on the mound uh, the last few years with you know Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech. You know, a lot, a lot of those guys have moved on. TCU's had that's a pretty good turnover on the mound as well. As well, so I would say this year, uh, for sure, you, you make a valid point uh, about the, the the Cowboys as far as of, of youth and in spots. But a lot of that is is uh, is on that pitching staff. Hey, Matt, Reeves Mitchell here. Um, obviously, OSU lost a little bit of depth in the pitching room, relievers and starters. But you were able to get Nolan McClain back, who was huge to the team last year, hitting and pitching. Also, getting the Long Beach State transfer. I just want you to talk about the importance of getting those two guys in the pitching room this year. Uh, for for sure, you know, we talk about Christmas uh, Christmas morning. It was Christmas morning the day that, that Nolan uh, ended up not signing with the Orioles and, cut, and saying he's coming back to Oklahoma State. 
uh, that that was a huge push forward. You know, it's I mean I've worked for Oklahoma State baseball twenty plus years, and you know you've been around a lot of talented guys and uh, throughout those years. But the things that not very many times you you're around a guy that hits the ball five hundred feet and then could throw it a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like just a special special talent, and to get him back is is has been awesome. And then being able to pick up Jawan uh, Watts Brown in that transfer portal from from uh, excuse me from Long Beach State. Was also huge, but you know the thing about Watts Brown is, you know he only has one year of pitching in college, so so there's going to be some be some growing pains, which is good. You know that, that that that's part of you know turning into who we want Jawan Watts Brown to be because he's his slider is plus plus and he's got good stuff. And but but I, I temper people sometimes because they're like, oh, you got that Jawan. I'm like, yes, and he's a phenomenal talent. But I, I just hope people don't put too much pressure on him early because he's still. He's still only got like 10 college starts under his belt. So, But the stuff is there. It's electric. It's impressive. And uh, those two guys will be the cornerstone for sure of that pitching staff. And get a couple other guys healthy uh, as well. We're down a few guys this weekend that won't pitch. Get those guys. It shouldn't be that long for them to come back. But that will kind of bolster some of that bullpen stuff uh, that we talk about, you know, eating innings with guys that, that haven't, haven't really pitched a lot. Hey, Matt, Josh has done such a fabulous job at Oklahoma State since he's been there, getting this program really rolling in the right direction. And the one thing I think is interesting for him this year is not only you mentioned some guys down this weekend, but because of some of those new arms in there, how do you expect to see him handle the early season games? There's tough tests, but also these non-conference games, kind of when you got to get those guys ready to go for Big 12 play, what do you expect to see as far as how Josh handles things early in the season. Yeah, you know, your first 20 games you kind of would consider spring training, but but the the, the difference is in spring training in college they're all counters, right? It, yeah. You don't get to wipe them clean of 20, 20 early season games before conference starts. So, but that is the time that you got to mix and match and try to figure out what piece goes where and the pieces that usually you put out there the first week or two aren't the pieces that are there the last week or two. That's just that's just how the, the season unfolds sometimes, but but, you know, here early on with, you know, everybody's on pitch count, 70, 75 pitches max, I think, this weekend for for our guys. So it's going to be Johnny Holstaff here early on and get everybody get to the mound. And, and over these next two or three weeks, that's when guys kind of separate themselves and then those pieces go where they need to, long relief, short relief, bridge guys, closers, and then your weekend starters. So, yeah, it's mix and match here for, for the first 20 games. But, like I said, unfortunately, like Major League Baseball, the those those slates get cleared and you start over at O and O. Well, like like I said, in college they're all counters, so you still got to try to put your best foot forward and, and win games as well. Matt, even though the Pokes didn't come out on top against Arkansas last year, I mean, I think we can both agree that was one of the most electric series in college baseball postseason last season. Also, the crowd at O'Bray was just awesome all year long. Can you talk about kind of how? what kind of feel O'Brate Stadium has brought into OSU baseball and maybe how it's changed OSU baseball a little bit? You know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, I'll, I'll lean on Alley P. Reynolds Stadium for, for a little bit because a lot of great, great memories in, in our old ballpark. But but it was clear the landscape had changed. Everybody had, you know, it was the crown jewel of college baseball back in 1981 and 82. And, and over the last 10, 15 years, everybody's starting to put more money, all colleges, more money into college baseball, and it's an arms race. And and uh, quite frankly, the Cowboys had fell way behind. We were one of the worst facilities in the Big 12. And and uh, if you expect to try to win at a high level, those are things that, that you have to move forward in. Guys want to know where they're going to train, where they're going to eat, where they're going to you know 
study do where, where they're going to live basically uh, while they're here. So uh, moving over from Alley P into the new park has been everything and even more so, so far early on that, that anybody can imagine. And, you know, when schools and stuff, you saw the regional, uh, which was, which was juiced and, you know, Arkansas being close, they brought some crowds, some fans too. So made it really electric because uh, they, they get into it quite well. And, uh, but when we were in school, <clears throat> before school lets out, I mean, a lot of, I think you guys, if you went to the Oklahoma game last year when, or seen that one, there's a big crowd here for that, obviously. But the, when that outfield, you know, with the students fill that in, the crowds are going, people are grilling out, cooking out there in the outfield and behind home plate and electricity, like you said, it's it's taking Cowboy baseball to the next level. And, and hopefully as you keep moving that direction, you keep getting signing better recruits and better players and hopefully – that, that ends up in a frequent, frequent trips to Omaha. Hey, Matt, when you look at Robin Ventura and what he's meant to this team as far as being with them the last few years and then just recently announcing that, you know, he's going to come back and be that volunteer, you know, that's got to be one heck of a recruiting tool for Josh and the staff, just having a guy like that around the program. How big was it for him to decide to come back again here in this spring? No, I think it's, it's, I think it's great. Of course, I'm, I'm one-sided, but to me, the greatest – hitter in college baseball history and for him to come back and be around these players because obviously he's he played it at a high level and he managed it at a high level but zero ego with robin ventura you wouldn't know if the guy ever played baseball in his life i mean he 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 never he, he he's always just that heartbeat same the whole time he's calm he doesn't get too excited but just to pass that knowledge on of how do you handle yourself i mean because baseball is a marathon it's not a sprint you can't burn it every day i mean you've got to maintain yourself and your health and the, and the things that you need to do to how to become a professional uh, baseball player and the and the steps it takes to get there and then the steps it takes to get there having guys like robert Ventura and matt holiday still around uh, pretty much every day as well and uh and we brought in uh brought in our old rook uh, jordy mercer he, he's our student coach this year so to get another big leaguer who just retired last year who wanted to come back and finish out his college uh his college to get his college degree has been fantastic. So you got Matt Holiday, Jordy Mercer, and Robin Ventura, not to mention Coach Justin Seeley and, and Coach Josh Holiday, and just a great mix and with Rob Walton as well. Just just a fantastic pitching staff, and and everybody, every one of those guys will bring something a little bit different to 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 the game and 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 to these players and how they prepare. So no, I can't think of a better better group of coaches overall to be around than these guys. Great guys, first of all and foremost, just great guys. They're really invested in the kids and are looking for no pats on the back. This is what they their passion, and it's great to be around guys like that every day. Matt, Nolan McClain is slated for a huge season this year. He's moving from third to right field, and he's expected to be OSC's closer. Can you just talk about uh, how important he's going to be to the Cowboys' success this season? Yeah, like you said, Nolan will, will miss win right there in the middle of the lineup again. And, and it's funny, his numbers are so deceiving because usually when you have a guy who breaks the national record in strikeouts, they don't hit 275 with 20 home runs, and maybe the home runs are there, but the average was still there. You know what I mean? It's not like he led the nation in strikeouts and had 20 home runs and hit 210. Like he hit 280 and was one of our even higher than that in, uh, in conference play. So just to see – Nolan do that and just think, hey, Nolan, you cut down on the strikeouts a little bit, which he's been working hard hard at to try to cut down and, and stay short to the ball a little bit and not get so long and, and maybe cut down on those strikeouts. And maybe those 20 home runs turn into 27 home runs and the average goes from 275 to 310, 315. I think those are the things that, that he knew he could come back and work on here 
and uh, and and man, hopefully he will and cut down all the. I mean, big home run guys, strikeouts going to be there. We we all understand that. That's just how the the game goes. Uh, but hopefully, like you said, if he can cut down on that, bring those up numbers up a little bit offensively as far as the average, even more and a few more home runs. Plus, what he brings to you on the mound. I mean, I think this weekend. We'll go watch Brown Friday, Brennan Phillips, the freshman, on Saturday. And if, if Nolan doesn't close Friday or Saturday, I think he's probably slated to start on Sunday uh, this week against Arkansas uh, due to just some different different things that are going on in the bullpens and, and being able to have that third starter available. Uh, Carson Binge at some point might be that starter, but he just threw threw two innings in the inner squad yesterday. So, there's like I said, there's still some of some work in progress and what Nolan's final role will be, either closer and or starter is yet to be to be determined as far as how the, the development of that bullpen goes. Do you think the strikeouts were a big reason why he didn't end up signing in the MLB with the Orioles this season, or are there other reasons? Uh, no, because they, they turned him in. He got drafted as a pitcher, yet not as a two-way guy. They just drafted him as a just a straight pitcher. Hey, Matt, one final question for you before we let you go. Like you mentioned, you've been around Oklahoma State baseball forever. And, you know, the conference seems like it's gotten better and better. Kind of what are your perceptions as we head into the 2023 season of the Big 12 Conference? I'm actually more excited this year than most because there's just so much unknowns because so many people are having to work in new pitching staffs and what pieces are going to fit well and who navigates that the best and what players that we don't even know about yet, Randy, that are going to step up and fill those roles Uh like I said, I, this year has really been so intriguing to me because there's just so much turnover on the mound. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm sure your usual suspects, obviously TCU's got some good position players back, a couple transfers, a kid uh, from West Virginia, Austin Davis, and uh, Trey Richardson from Baylor will help help them not only on the bases defensively, and, and the, the, those guys can hit a little bit. I look for them to be the top. Texas Tech's not going anywhere. They They, they take a step back from as far as – uh, maturity and older guys, and they're, they're going to be a little bit younger, but never count Texas Tech out with Tadlock and those guys, and and, and they'll have a, another solid club. In Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma's kind of in the same boat we are, and, you know, tip of the cap to skipping them. That run they made last year was, was really impressive. You know, they've had the talent. They've always had the players that you just never know when it's going to click or when things are just going to move forward, and and that run they got on last year, tip of the cap to skip, and and Reggie and, and all those guys there, and uh, I've known Ryan Gain for 20 plus years. And happy for him and and uh, what they did for you know being able to do what they did last year. Tip of the cap to them, and so they're intriguing as well. You know, I, I know I know that their pitching staff's been turned over pretty well. One of our guys, Kel Davis, comes over, and uh, and uh, I guess he's going to be a Friday night guy. And hope Kel has success every time, except when he plays the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, uh, And Ben Abrams over here for us, and, and he's been good so far in the spring, so he'll be a big piece for the Cowboys as well. But, you know, I still go back to OU last year. What what Cade Horton did in all my years in college baseball, what Cade Horton accomplished in five starts to move from a guy that would have been drafted. I mean, everybody knew who Cade Horton was out of high school. He yeah. knew Everybody knew he'd be a tough sign out of high school because he, he was going to OU to leverage that. And everybody understood that. He's going to go to college. But what his last start, I remember looking at these numbers when on my way back from Waco, in fact, the last start when they played uh, I think Texas Tech, he gives up like nine runs and like his ERAs through the roof. And we always knew the talent was there, right? Right. But that run, I've never and ever will maybe never see it again. He went from a guy that probably would have got drafted, but 
in five starts, the Big 12 tournament, a regional, the Super, and two starts in Omaha to the ninth pick in the draft or whatever it was. From draft to the ninth pick, I mean, it's unbelievable the move he made in five starts. I almost would have bet my life on it, even after the regional with the run he'd had. I'm like, this kid's going to come back because he's got first-round talent, but off the injury and everything else, no way he's going to go in the first round. And then two weeks later, he just blows up even more. And it's hard to imagine a kid doing that much that quick. It was incredible. No, like I said, I'm, I've never seen anything like it. Like I said, he's, he'd been on everybody's radar because right. he was drafted out of high school. and But they everybody knew he probably wasn't going to sign. He was going to go to Oklahoma. But mm-hmm. in five starts, five starts, he moves from a fringy draft guy to the ninth pick in the draft. Like I said, it's, it's one of the most amazing things I've seen. It, it truly is. Hey, Matt, I want to thank you for your time, man. We'll check in a few times here on the podcast throughout the year. Good luck to you guys this weekend. At least you get to be in the nice indoor confines there in Arlington just in case the weather sucks because it's February in college baseball. You and I both know there's a few snow games that fall in there. Oh, absolutely. If we're dealing with bad elements there, then then then, then we're in trouble. Let's just say that. <laughs> exactly, man. Hey, hey, we, will, we will have Bob Stoops coaching across the street, though. Oh, that's true. XFL does start this weekend, doesn't it? You can check yes, out some does. football, too, man. I <laughs> hey, appreciate, appreciate what you guys do for college baseball. Thanks a lot. Matt Sheet Davis joining us here on the Bullpen Brothers. Want to thank him. He always does a great, great job checking out the broadcast. Always listen to them. I love Rexel. I love Matt Davis. Been listening to him forever because I'm a college baseball junkie. I may be an Oklahoma guy, but I love college baseball. And tomorrow, Reeves, like I mentioned, Friday's like Christmas morning. There's baseball all day long, a lot of great games. ESPN Plus has taken it to another level now with video streaming. And you can watch games from all over the country. But Reeves, we talked, I talked with Dave Myrick and him earlier today with Sebastian Orduño talking about Oklahoma. And it's going to be a fun year, I think, for Oklahoma. I think it's going to be a fun year for Oklahoma State. And really it is interesting, Reeves, when you when you talk to like Matt about this, because both teams are a lot alike. Oklahoma State's got a few more returning pieces as far as bats are concerned, but they're both kind of rebuilding rotations and it's a crapshoot when you come to college baseball when you're rebuilding rotation. You you think you know what you got, but you never know for sure. I think the early part of non-conference play will really show you, you know, some of the guys OU, OU can trust in the bullpen and the starting uh, pitching squad. I mean, in these first few games, you really want to throw some guys out there. You They may not be guys you're going to play at the end of the year, but you really want to see are they comfortable, can they shine in late game spots, you know, are they clutch, stuff like that. So, I really think, I mean, I think OU will have success early on in the season. They don't play great teams early on, but it's really going to be important to find their depth in these games and figure out which pitchers specifically they can really trust later in the season. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. And this schedule is very interesting because if you remember when we had Mike Rooney on last time, what do you say about Cal Baptist? They're maybe one of the most underrated mid-major teams. That's that's who they open up with three games this weekend. They get Air Force on Monday. They're a team that was kind of that under-the-radar team last year. They did lose a lot. I don't expect as much out of them. I think the test for Oklahoma to really judge where they're at before we move way into the season is week three when they go to Frisco in that tournament. They get to play Mississippi State, a couple other teams in there. But, you know, that may be when we get a good judge of them. But this team's going to be fun to follow along because offensively, I'm not worried about the offense. I think it, it's really a telling sign, Reeves, when you look at last year, how the offense was towards the end of the year. It wasn't just because they got hot, I think. I think some of that was because Reggie Willits, who wasn't there through fall ball last year, 
pretty much started implementing what he wanted to do in January. And when you talk to people, Reggie didn't even know half the team really names until about mid-March. And so that that's a big telling thing. Now that he's been there with all year, I think the offense will be fine. And I think Skip's going to do a good job with the pitching staff, but there's just so many unknowns. And that's what this first month to me, it's going to be more like I think the offense is going to have to carry them a little until some of these pitchers find their footing at the Division One level. Well, I'm like you said, I'm excited for the Frisco tournament as well because last year when OU traveled to Arlington for that tournament, they got beat pretty good by some big programs. I think LSU maybe. I can't remember which specific programs, but they got beat around pretty good. They won one of them. I think they went one and two. But anyways, yeah, you're right. The Frisco tournament's going to tell you a lot, playing some big-time programs there, UCLA, all those schools. You really want to see what OU has in that. And, yeah, I mean, it was remarkable what they were able to do into the year last year with the scoring. I mean, it seemed like every team they played in the tournament, they were just playing a different style than the other team. And the hit and run, the stealing, the scoring a ton of runs. I mean, it was so much fun to watch. It had the fans so engaged. So, I I mean, even though you were not able to uh, replicate your ultimate goal last year and win the championship, I would think that postseason run really is giving OU momentum going into this year still, even though they didn't win the last two games. No doubt. I, I think overall when you look at it, it's definitely something they're building momentum on. They're looking to move forward. I mean, and you talk about momentum, and we'll spend a little time on this and get into it in the further weeks, but you look at season ticket sales for Oklahoma. They had, I believe it was 87% retention rate as far as season ticket renewals, which they were down last year. Don't get me wrong. The ticket prices were probably overpriced. They rectified that, and they lowered the prices back to be more in line with other programs around the country. OU had the highest price ticket in the Big 12. They lowered that price, 87% retention rate. Six. This was as of three weeks ago, 600 new season ticket sales. That doesn't mean the ballpark's going to be full, but the key there is it's going to be able to have a bigger walk-up crowd. They're not $20 a ticket to come into the baseball game. So a family of four, they can come for like $40 to a game now, and I think you're going to see a lot more of that. And it's kind of funny, Sebastian, for all the fans out there, and this goes for the Oklahoma State fans, if you don't think – the home field advantage is big in college baseball. You guys are crazy. The players for Oklahoma State and Oklahoma will tell you how much that means to them. It's not a major league game. Maybe home field advantage isn't a big deal at the professional level. It is at college. So I think it's going to be fun to see with these programs. They both get off to good starts. When the weather starts getting nights, mid-March, early April, conference season, that's when I want to see what the crowds are like. And I want to see good results out there for both teams. I know both programs have great softball teams in their on their campuses. Guess what? You can support both. You know, and that that's kind of where I'm at with this. It's going to be a fun year, Reeves. And I'm looking forward to doing this podcast all year long because we'll dive more into it. Hoping to have a lot of great players, you know, on throughout the year from Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. We'll have a weekly feature on both teams. But this is going to be a lot of fun and Really, this week is just the beginning. Yeah, my last point I'll make on here, um, the ticket price dropping, I think it's something OU really had to do. I went to Omaha last year for the championship series versus Ole Miss, and there's a lot of factors to put into this, but I will say the Ole Miss crowd outfavored the OU crowd at least 90 to 10, 85, 15, whatever you want to call it. There's again, there's a lot of factors into that that Ole Miss had never won right. a championship in any sport. Well, and the fact they had been building up to this point, they had been successful. Sure. I know you had been successful, but you had about a nine year run where they lost 
a lot of that momentum that Coach G had built up and everything, the dreaded Pete Hughes came in and killed the program, put it about nine years behind, like he's doing Kansas State right now. But, you know, that, that kind of kills it. But you're right. You don't raise the ticket prices during a down period because fans that were already getting, you know, out on it because maybe there wasn't a lot of success, that only gives them more reason not to come. So now I think you'll see a little more enthusiasm around this program. Some of the usual suspects are to come back, Reeves. It, it's going to be fun in Norman. It's going to be really fun. I mean, by dropping these ticket prices, I think, like you said, the more common family can come to more series throughout the year. And also the interest will build throughout the year and you're going to get more fans around the Norman area, Oklahoma city area that just want to come watch good baseball. And if OU happens to make another great run to Omaha or even, you know, making a run in the postseason, I think you're going to have a lot more fan interest and potential fans traveling to go watch OU play in an Omaha setting or another regional somewhere else. So it's going to be exciting. I fully agree with you. It's going to be a lot of fun, Reeves. Next week, we're going to have more players on. Join us for episode three. We'll recap this week's games. We at least have games to talk about and look at and question things and and see what lies ahead for both Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and the Big 12 in general. This is the Bullpen Brothers. Join us each and every week, maybe a couple of times a week as we move on through the year. Right here, it's a great podcast, college baseball-centric, right here with the Bullpen Brothers. <laughs>